talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Hello! Uh, welcome back, and Happy New Year, and welcome to the first of the 2020 episodes of More Like the Worst Wing, uh, our show where we discuss Aaron Sorkin's seminal work, The West Wing, from a modern 2020 leftist socialist perspective. I am Dave. And I am Stu. And we are here to talk about the 11th episode of season three, uh, entitled 100,000 Airplanes. Uh, and don't let the title fool you. This really should be entitled Bartlett's Fourth State of the Union. <laughs> there uh, there are, in fact, that, zero airplanes involved in this episode. Yeah, because this this episode is basically entirely about Bartlett's Fourth State of the Union. Um, and is essentially a how the sausage gets made episode where the framing device is a reporter from Vanity Fair. Uh, who is interviewing Sam and asking him about, hey, how does the State of the Union get written? Uh, and th th this is going to be like her big story. Uh, it also happens that this Vanity Fair reporter is also Sam's ex. Um, and ex-fiance at that, where they were potentially going to get married, but uh, it fell apart uh, because he broke it off to pursue politics, which has l landed him where he is now in our fictional White House. What a twist. Yes. So this episode, as Stu and I were discussing before we hopped on to record, it's quite boring. It's just, it's oh. very low energy. It's real bad. There's zero stakes because it's the State of the Union. They try desperately to inject fake stakes by saying, oh, but if he screws this up, the people won't reelect him. Uh, but it doesn't hold at all because it's the state of the fucking union. <laughs> yeah, and kind of, we were going back and forth about this for a little while to be like, well, look, the the show, I guess the thing with the Vanity Fair piece actually plays into this as well. That if you, if you are a dedicated viewer at this point in the past, you have probably bought into the show's value system of like, sure. speeches are important. And media right. are important. And so therefore... Rhetoric gets things done. And so therefore you could probably... Um, you don't need to be explicitly handheld through the concept of this being high stakes. And like this is this is vested with a certain amount of authority and importance. But like... One would think, but they go out of their way to over <laughs> and over say, how high are the stakes? Oh, they're high. They're very yeah, high. And, like, uh, over and over, in almost a Seinfeld-esque manner. I just... Of like, oh, how high are the stakes? The stakes are high. I love the high stakes. <laughs> oh, you, you, you don't want the low stakes? No, low stakes are bad. <laughs> like, Jerry, come on. <laughs> what the stakes? <laughs> what about medium stakes? No one ever talks about medium stakes. Yeah, so... It's it is overall if 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 you were planning to maybe watch this to get some context, go ahead and don't. Yeah, um, it's it was just boring overall. Very like, you know, low energy and just nothing happens. Like, you know, we don't even see much of the speech itself, which is funny considering that's the whole topic. Like we really get no side topics. I guess the Josh and Amy thing is a little bit a side topic, but it still ties into the speech somewhat. Yeah, and it's all, uh, like, again, it, it, it's framed within the idea that they're trying to drum up, like, things to put into the speech. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so basically, like at the outset, ooh, we get some <laughs> in the in the cold open. We get some extremely powerful polling technology. Snorkel Brands <laughs> Airlines would be very proud right. of the. We're we're well beyond polls at this point. We're into the fucking line graphs that react in real time based off knob twisting. Yeah, and this is, I mean, you know, real just real time monitoring of sentiment among demographics with like the not uh, yeah the divided by party id uh, and the uh, it's just there's a scene in the simpsons where in the poochie episode of the simpsons where they just go one kid seems to love the speedo guy yeah <laughs> quit it uh. <laughs> so a bunch of people in a room are turning dials to say that they like yeah. or dislike the speech so you want a realistic down-to-earth show that's completely off the wall and swarming with magic robots. That's right. oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. And also, you should win things by watching. Uh, and so here's the thing. We get a running theme throughout this episode about imperialist military power. Mm. Uh, and so our, our first example of it is the line that spikes the highest is a line from Bartlett about how we will root out all enemies of America and find them in their little hidey cave holes and bomb the ever-living fuck out of them. Yeah. And that makes, the, that makes all the lines go up big. And they literally say, wow, that was a big one. It's like, yeah. oh, that's a big one. Like, bigger than the yeah. other one that was a big one. And also... Number go up. Yeah, no, well, number only go up. Um, and this is in the context of them having... Ju- Sam having just sort of riffed on Republicans where he says, well, when you say a liberal thing like death is bad, you get the liberals turning their knobs. It's just right. like, Jesus Christ. And yet... Oh, oh, we found the bipartisan compromise, everyone. It's actually everyone loves bo- blowing up other countries. Yes, yes. As That long makes as all not, the dials go up. As long as it's not us dying, death is good. Right. Right. That makes all the dials go up bigly. Uh, so, yeah, that's great. So they're reacting to that. This is another episode that also suffers from these stupid flashbacks uh. Uh, for no fucking reason. Because as soon as uh, Sam's ex asks him about, oh, so how does the State of the Union actually get written? Sam goes, well, it starts six weeks ago and we fucking cut back to six weeks ago. Uh. And it's like... We really, like, I get the narrative ease of doing this, and it's maybe better to show and not tell, but it also leaves the episode extremely disjointed as we constantly cut back and forth between pre-State of the Union and then night of the State of the Union. Yeah, and so it's trying to, it also tries to tie in, you know, uh, to its credit, it tries to tie in content from the prior episode where... Right, we actually do get... Yeah, so, okay, I lied a little in the last episode (laughs) where I was like, oh, the censure never, ever comes up again. It technically came up in this episode in that they were concerned about the State of the Union because the censure just happened two weeks ago. However, I was right in that I said the censure never affects their ability to pass legislation or anything like that because this will be the last we actually hear of it, for sure. And it's also... I, I Especially given the ending of the episode, which yeah. we will discuss in depth, particularly one number. <laughs> well, now, well, so I'm, and now I'm thinking about it. It's like the we get a scene with the the senior staff reacting to being told that they compromised with like the the legislature right. or whatever to so no accept one no one besides Josh knew yep. at this point so uh yeah like Toby Sam and CJ all get to find out at the same time from Leo about the censure and they all kind of you know they take it a little hard but then they're like okay well no big deal really it's just a slap on the wrist and by contrast with like in contrast with the entire material of the rest of the episode 
the censure, the thing that ostensibly would have the largest impact on this shit, CJ basically says, well, you can't spin the censure. It's just right. your defeat. That is defeat. So don't, so don't even, so don't even bother. Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, but, oh, okay. Yeah. So because literally the correct response is for everyone to forget about exactly. it, which they will do in two weeks. Yeah. You know? So it's funny because CJ is absolutely right. As she usually seems yes. to be in these matters, but it's like, you're going to devote screen time to talking about the censure and then just be like, well, we talked about it, but let's cut it out and put it aside. Right. And it effectively has no stakes. Again, given that the ending of this episode, well, I'll go ahead and spoil it now. The the State of the Union goes over gangbusters and they get a huge big polling bump and they, they all bigly celebrate. <laughs> so censure didn't matter at all. Yep. And so, so like they, they, they work on the censure thing, like they talk a thing. And this is where, this is where the, like we learn who the random woman in the cold open that's walking around with Sam is because CJ walk Sam through the concept of doing a feature on the right, writing of pitching of, of, of pitching. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have a Vandy fair person come follow you around and, and document how the state of the union gets made. And at first he agrees to it, not knowing who the woman will be. And then when he finds out it's, it's his ex, he's like, Oh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it also, this is where I wrote this down specifically where it's like, this is where the flashback mechanic goes off the fucking rails for me because yeah. there's literally a cut of, you see CJ walking towards the door of her office, ostensibly to go through it. And you presume that when it cuts to her, which it does, walking out of the door, it's Mm -hmm. like, this is a continuous narrative. But nope, turns out, it's like they use the mechanic of the flashback to catapult her into the future. (laughs) I just like, it is... I, and I looked at, is this supposed to elucidate the fact that it's a flashback or confuse the fuck out of the viewer? Because I was like, yeah. the only clue we get is this background exegetic music with a tinkly piano playing because like, oh, this is the cocktail party. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's shocking and jarring. And there's just so many... Uh, things and decisions about this episode that are bad. I would like to point out... Oh, excuse me. It is a Sorkin episode, uh, a solely written Sorkin episode, and and the major theme of this episode is, boy, isn't writing fucking hard? Shouldn't we appreciate writers more, everyone? Yeah, and <laughs> like like that is the that is absolutely the moral of this episode is like, wow, writing gets so much done in the world, and the people who write are so good. They're such good people, like me, Aaron Sorkin, a writer. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think the more kind of, again, looking through my notes, I'm like, actually, this shit's about, like, writing and words, too, because they there is a offhanded reference. So uh, Amy Gardner's back in this episode. Apparently, she and Josh yes. go on a date. Blah, blah, blah. Honestly, the, the stuff with her and Josh is the only interesting bit of the episode yes. because it has nothing to do with State of the Union for the most part. <laughs> well, and between that, so they make a reference to this bar that they went to as the only song the piano player knows is a song from the musical Oklahoma. And then Donna is bitching about how the regulations for government reimbursement for expenses are written. Insane. And, and, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's, it's all related to writing and it's like, yes. this is both very the subtle entire framing. It's very subtle. And if I cared at all and didn't know anything about Aaron fucking Sorkin, mm-hmm. I'd be like, ah, ah, all right. You know, multifaceted commentary on the use of, language and words but instead it's just 
he's basically taken like a phone book or a dictionary out and beating us over the head with like writing you guys writing yeah it, it it's hard and it gets stuff done and it, it, it buys me cocaine <laughs> yes <laughs> it keeps me in <laughs> drugs uh let's take a quick break and then i'm gonna come back and talk a little bit more about this mess of an episode <laughs> So let's talk about Josh and Amy's little bit in this episode. As I said, it's probably the best thing. By that, I am damning with faint praise. It's yes. not that good. Agreed. <laughs> but it, at least it's interesting and gets us away from State of the Union for a hot minute yeah. uh, to have Josh and Amy have a little romantic tension. Because So their subplot is that Josh is upset because this dude, Senator something, Congress guy, whatever. This Congress guy is trying to cozy up to Amy uh, both professionally and romantically yeah uh and josh is mad at at both fronts but we assume more mad about the romantic thing and is sort of projecting the political uh thing a little bit well and it's 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 brought up in the context of that toby asks him how his date with amy went right and then also in the same conversation mentions that amy is also dating which again totally fine you can be yeah. dating and multiple people to be people. fair I'll, I'll give the show credit no one calls it out as exactly. like oh, that whore that slut <laughs> like yes no, no one at all raises an eyebrow that yeah. amy's dating and, multiple people which is and, good yeah and, and good, it's good like it's, good it's totally legit slash yeah. zeros like credit where credits do show good job on that yeah. but yeah it does lead josh into this whole like jealous you know kind of freaking out behavior considering they're not you know all they have done is kissed once and they are not you know a couple (laughs) or or whatever well and so i also couldn't the the flashback mechanic again comes into play here where yes and also gets confusing his time spent with amy that we see him with her at a bar whatever the fuck it is um is that the date that toby is asking him about or is that the uh, the next day after no i think okay. i think that's the, the because he toby, knows about toby is asking about the first time when they okay. kissed i think i think oh oh um, no shit because that's because that's back 6 weeks ago or, you're right you know, you're absolutely right and and then um they they run into each other a few times in the like white house halls and then at the night of the State of the Union ball, they have more interactions. Then, okay. And that's like the present day. Stuff. All right, cool. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So, again, day. confusing <laughs> yeah. for no reason. Good job, show. And the inevitable. Yeah, now they actually have a date date scheduled. Yeah. And so they go, they go out and like, f- first of all, like, uh, Jesus Christ, 
I, I get talking about your job and, and stuff because, like, for these people, it's literally all that they do with their lives. But right. their, their conversation in what is expected to be, like, a, a personal frame of reference is just fucking awful. <laughs> they yeah. immediately start talking about work. Mm-hmm. Immediately. And, yeah. and Josh's first concern is... The, actually, no, and I, I take this back. It's not Josh. It's Toby plants the seed. Yes. Toby suggests that Amy is only dating this other guy because... To help boost his numbers with women in his political race that he's in. Ooh. Yeah. So and, and then shit. And thinks that a, a, Amy would be too dumb to realize this if this was happening, and B, would go along with it if she was smart enough to realize it was happening. And so either way, it's just sort of an insulting judgment on Amy. And I think the, the third sort of the extension of those conclusions is that this is a strategy that would be valid. Right. <laughs> it's like, and that, yeah, uh, like men, men should totally do uh, this. And that's a great way to raise your profile with women. Oh, my just, God. Just go date a uh, head of a uh, female, uh, um, what do you call it? Like a uh, nonprofit. Lo- lobbyist organization. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be like, yeah, oh, I'm dating the head of a woman's group. I'm a feminist. Oh my God! And, and that is basically the argument. <laughs> yeah, and that and that is that's why Josh gets in a tizzy, right? Because he's like, well, of course you should date me. Well, and, and that's the other. It cuts both ways too, because it's like, no, of course you should date me, because then you'd be raising your profile in the administration. It's just uh, uh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. This is it's super fucked up. Toby is a huge asshole, and surprise, surprise, we get introduced to the fact that. In this episode, like, Sam Seaborn, also bad with fucking women. Like, yeah. <laughs> it turns out, except for the president, every, and I guess Charlie, every male lead, terrible with women. Just, uh, I, yeah. Ugh. Yep, I think that tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's... And they, they get back together, is... and frankly, Amy, like, Amy tells Josh in as many words to go fuck himself. Yes. After a while. Yeah, Josh gets cut down plenty for this episode. Joey Lucas also gets in some nice stuff with him because uh, she's here to be our polls, polls, polls person and tell us all about uh, the numbers with yep. the state of the union speech. Uh, so let's let, let me actually get into that a little bit. Sure. So we we end. So the whole episode is, oh, my God, how's the state of the union going to go over? The stakes are so high. We've had multiple characters ask, how high are the stakes? And then someone else reply with, oh, they're high. Just just. <laughs> Very high. <laughs> Very high. Uh, Joey Lucas at one point indicates that this might be his last State of the Union as <laughs> as dramatic music underscores like, her point. Is, is it understood that, like, in the fourth year of a term, theoretically, right. you are making your the, last Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're all aware of that, yes. Joey. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, anyway, so the stakes are super high and our characters are constantly worried throughout the episode. They start to get the early numbers back from the first part of the speech and they're bad. And so they're start they fucking start freaking out Josh in particular. Uh, but then in a nice sort of twist. And again, I guess this is another sort of win big moment, but not really since there's no actual effect, but in a essentially big win moment, uh, Joey reports that at, in the second half hour of the speech, which <laughs> LOL, the people are tuned into the state yeah. of the union for the, for the entire thing, the entire uh, goddamn speech, and, and not just turning off after five minutes after yeah. they heard the president <laughs> say some words, 
But it, supposedly in the second half hour of the speech, the people realize they liked Bartlett again, and all of his numbers have gone up. Uh, uh, trust in in lead, in ability to lead the country up. Uh, you know, would I vote for him again? Up, and then and then here's my favorite part, and we'll just we need the clip here. Two days ago, 48% said he was able to handle his job effectively. Tonight, that number's 59. Trustworthy, 60%, up from 41. Give us the real one. Strong leader. 69, dudes! Yeah, it's the big one. Nice man. Give me the big one. (laughs) (laughs) You can't make this shit up, folks. I I burst out laughing. Was like sixty nine, and the whole room fucking celebrates. Woo! Uh, so this is our big win. That oh, it turns out State of the Union went great. Bartlett's gonna do great. You know, uh, now election. You know, he can actually win the election or or whatever. Although effectively, nothing has changed. You know. Well, and I feel like that's always. It's it's just the mo at this point. I almost feel like we're sort of retreading old ground where it's a little the the, the process the process stuff is is perceived or written to be what we should be interested in rather than the result or the driving, I guess, vision of right. the administration. Whereas, and I, God, I mean, it is the most technocratic thing possible to be like, well, what's important is how we do it. Right. Not and, uh, what happens. What's what, Okay. So what's shocking me is we've gotten this far. We haven't even talked about the curing cancer bit. Which yeah, is well, I was ostensibly to, the main the main part of the episode. I was going to dig in on that next, so let's just go okay. ahead and do it. Um, yeah. The okay, so there is a dinner that the president holds. It's a bunch of Abby's doctors. A bunch friends. of Abby's doctors. A- Abby is over. not there because I guess Stocker Channing wanted the week off. Uh, so Emma, she Emma says she wanted. Yeah, she is she conveniently off money. screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is conveniently <laughs> off screen. <laughs> so. We don't see Abby at all, but they have this dinner where these doctors are talking about in. Huh, all right. So in like in like, <laughs> let's call it 11th grade um, level of vocabulary, a medical advancement in the treatment of cancer. They're talking about the passage or legalization of a new drug by the FDA and like yeah. some of the technicalities around that. And it only takes about so. They're, they're sitting at dinner talking about this drug from, let's be clear, a not graduate level education type of terminology. They're like, well, this thing, it stops the cancer from growing because it's an arrestor drug or something. And in the space of like 20 seconds, the president communicates the fact that he is like, cannot even be asked to try to listen to this conversation or yeah. engage in this conversation on like a layman's and, level and this of understanding. This is the same president that tries to uh, tout his intellectual bona fides all the time. Yeah, no shit. Like it is, again, it is something that I like to consider myself a reasonably rounded human being. And frankly, like I can talk you can, or not even talk. You should talk. be able to like, follow a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just like, using context clues or maybe interjecting <laughs> and being like, hey, what's that one word? 
you know, well, like yeah. <laughs> or want to learn more, like, right? Expressive curiosity, <laughs> and he only does this when he hears the magic words, mm, which is mm-hmm. what as the doctors are mumbling about themselves. One of them says, "Well, hell, we might be a decade away from curing cancer," and then the president's like, "Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> and, and goes all Tex Avery money, and goes all Tex Avery Wolf, and like his, <laughs> his <laughs> tongue flops out, and he's like, "I could, I could say I'm the president that cured cancer in this decade." Yeah, so, and and he digs in on this and goes to the, the speech writing team. Right, and tells them to write a section about, hey, how we're going to cure cancer. And this becomes Sam's, you know, Sam is the only one who agrees with him on that. Yeah, I think we should, you know, make optimistic goals for government, even if they're completely unachievable, which everyone discusses this is a completely unachievable goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but while still, you know, it could still be nice to at least put the focus there, you know. Yeah, and frankly, I agree with and I, I agree CJ. with Sam as well. Yeah, yeah, with Sam and CJ who say that like this is exactly the forum for right. that sort of. That's what the state of the union is for. Like it yeah. is for making big sweeping policy. You know, that's where Kennedy said we would go to the moon and like you know shit like that. Yeah. That's what it's for. So if you are going to do it, the State of the Union is a place to do it, and not like you know the White House uh, uh, a random press conference or what have you. So. I think, it, you know, but then the, the real politic of people are going to get mad that you, like, sold them a lie starts to creep in and being like, well, you can't say that unless you're actually going to do it, and we're not actually going to do it, are we? And the consensus is, no, of course not. We're just going to say that we're going to do it. And so here is where my, like, this sort of, uh, like, contempt for the voting public turns around a little bit, because frankly... Were I to be writing a State of the Union, and this specific purpose of this speech, I would be going all in on campaign promise level rhetoric. Like, I would be a thousand, because people will remember how they felt about the speech if they pay attention, but I swear to God, in 60 days, shit, in three weeks, nobody will remember why or what you right. were talking about. They won't remember the content. They just remember the feeling they had. Exactly. Exactly. It is the, it is a mean, it's a, it's a using a sledgehammer on an orange. And, basically. and really is, that is the entire point. Like the whole point of the state union speech is propaganda. You know, it's, it's nice propaganda in a sense that it's, it's not meant for insidious purposes, but it is essentially propaganda and it's meant to be, how you get your message out and you have this one window where in theory the majority of the nation is watching in reality there's you know they're watching reality tv or well they're watching or, football or, or tiktok yeah. or, or whatever <laughs> um but well, in theory and- you have the eyes of the nation on you and you lay out your agenda for if not just the coming year but your you know your goals in government that's in theory the point of the fucking thing and so, yeah, you should swing for the fences, but they take the, the it's very West Wingy centrist real politic to instead go, no, no, we can't, we can't possibly swing for the fences. Well, and they also say like, huh, that it's infuriating in the space of one conversation, they both revert to and use the Kennedy state state of the union speech like we're landing a man on the moon right um thing as a source of inspiration and then joey does the same thing refers to a guy who is an author i don't know she literally says that it's like the head of the nih or something right says that said that we can't cure cancer we can't cure cancer via the first of all 
via the government, which, whew, all right, cool. Yeah, like, first off, he doesn't know shit because that's not how cures work. Like, <laughs> the, every like, other time f- we've discovered a cure in science, it comes out of fucking nowhere. Like, all just kind of one day. And so you can't put a timeline on it, but neither can you say that it can't possibly happen in a time frame. And it's also, like, a fundamental misunderstanding of how research, research is funded. Works. Right, yeah. like, that we point all the, the dollars towards cancer and that we get a cancer drug out of it. And, uh, you know, instead we might end up getting, like, an Alzheimer's drug or, or something completely unrelated because research is weird that way. Yeah, and, like, the so the, the appeals to authority just conflict within the same yeah. span of the conversation. And it's just so bizarre because, again... This is what you. This is what you should be doing, but we are constricted to the Sorkin viewpoint of like, well, the process of creating this series of words is what makes it great, and it's like, yeah, mm. yeah. and so we we actually end the episode itself on uh, Sam's ex asking him to read aloud the little bit he wrote about curing cancer. Which is very good and very inspirational and all that. Oh, and, and charming. And, and like, you yeah. know, it's it's well done. And, you know, she's like, oh, that would have been great. And he's like, yeah, it would have been great. And, like, that sums up the fucking show in a nutshell. It's like dreaming of <laughs> dreaming of what would have been great to say or do, but not actually <laughs> saying or doing it. Even though the power was inside of us all along. Even though you have access to the highest halls of power. <laughs> yeah. No shit. So, yeah, that's... That Pretty wraps much. it up, I think. Oh, and also to actually to make it clear, the one hundred thousand airplanes reference. Oh right, yeah. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, and let me go back to the the military language throughout this episode. So mm. I said that it started with the whole, you know, the the line spike on the line about bombing people. Well, then the cancer drug is referred to as both a quote unquote guided missile, and then one doctor literally just says, and this is his whole line: smart bomb. <laughs> like, smart bomb smart bomb and like th- those are the terms we have to use to get the president to understand how a cancer drug works because he can only relate with imperialist blow uppy words which is weird because he's always been the non-military president we spend several shows <laughs> right. in the past being like actually he's, Bartlett doesn't know shit about the military but apparently he knows more than about medicine and so if you're going to talk about drugs say smart bomb <laughs> and then and it'll be like oh now I get it um, and we, and then, we so, wrap up with and we wrap up with about... the hundred yeah the so FDR promised we would make fifty thousand airplanes and we actually made a hundred thousand airplanes for World War II gave us as in Sam's word an air force that could blot out the sky. <laughs> Yikes! Just now chilling. now that's one thing when we're bombing the Nazis and like okay all well and good but then what did that air force go on to do after that? Yeah. <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Mm, you know, remember here? Yeah. yeah. It was and what is just, the Air Force currently doing in your administration, Sam? Yeah, it's just per- pervasive. Like, the frame of reference always uh, reverts uh, uh, back to. the mil- Oh, isn't it so great when we build bombs and military planes, you guys? Isn't that great? We love it. It makes the well, economy number go up. Well, look, I mean, this is particularly relevant as we are recording this on the 2nd of January, 2020. Like, Iraqis just sacked the U.S. embassy in Baghdad. Yep. <laughs> like, the largest Chicken's embassy. Chicken's coming home to roost. The largest em- embassy in the world in Baghdad. And it's just like, 
there are all these people who are going out on Twitter like damn it, like uh, fucking what's his name, Chris Murphy. Like we need out to there be on Twitter feared again. <laughs> being being like, oh well, you know, this is just this is the baseline for us is to be everywhere militarily. It's just right. like. Should it be though? Right. Uh, we never Are even we, sure? we never even get the opportunity to fucking make that question, much less have it be answered. That that's yeah. not what media is interested in discussing ever. So, fun fact, like 30 seconds after I was processing this section of the show, it was announced via Twitter that we had killed uh Qasem Soleimani in Baghdad <laughs> and we're basically definitely going to proxy war with Iran right now. Great. Love to be less than two full days into 2020. Hooray. Yeah, it's just, and again, it's reflected in our in our cultural output in addition to our economic and military. Like, it is yeah. just, it all, the, the one reflects the other. Oh, uh, you know, NBC, who writes the show, is owned by GE, who, you know, also <laughs> makes, you know, many who makes things. makes the bombs. Who makes the military-industrial <laughs> complex go round. So they're not going to mm-hmm. take, too, they're not going to want too hard line uh, you know, it's funny how all that works. And by funny, I mean very, very sad. <laughs> right, so that's about it for this episode. I think we can just wrap it up. Sure, um, yeah. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, hope everyone had a great New Year um, and uh, enjoyed their holiday, or at least survived it. Uh, <laughs> uh, small little uh, election update Bernie's doing great donations hit all time highs Quart- four, uh, quarter four numbers just came out he's crushing everyone even Buttigieg the billionaire backed candidate uh, we're fucking crushing him by like 10 million dollars in terms of money raised which is sick uh, It's things are looking real good I think it's really as simple as if he wins Iowa he very much steamrolls on to take the whole thing down so, I think so because the the second gateway being no New Hampshire, he's already got that, which is in the tank. Like, and like if he wins Iowa, then he absolutely if he wasn't already winning New Hampshire, wins New Hampshire. Like it just yeah. makes it more of a lock as his momentum. And then from there, you know, he's got Nevada, and then at that point, South Carolina is actually ready to flip. Like they people will abandon Biden in droves once his electability argument cracks. I would also I would also argue that South Carolina, in terms of a delegate count, is like a round. Is error. also minimal. Yeah, yeah, but it will be the media narrative of like, oh, but Biden could come back if he, you know, yeah. overperforms in South Carolina. But then he'll underperform, and then it'll be a fucking runaway when Bernie wins California. When, yeah, and, when California comes and, through, and, and Super Tuesday will mostly have this wrapped up because people like to, you know, people want to crown a winner. You oh know, yeah, people want a bandwagon. They, they don't want to like have a big swingy back. What you know, people want to crown a winner. So once they see someone getting the momentum, they're going to be like, "Oh, okay, I'm voting for that guy. He's going to win." <laughs> yep. And it's going to be Bernie. So that's all good. Um, as always, again, thanks for listening. Uh, you can post a comment in our thread. We love any feedback we get. Uh, if you found us another way, you can email the show at our favorite polling number, the worst wing 69 at gmail.com, <laughs> which is very nice. Nice. <laughs> and we celebrate it so bigly, just like the, cr- the crew does. Uh, I do want uh, real quick. I want to shout out that CJ makes a joke about fucking both Sam and Carol. And it's hell. Deli- yeah, it's delightful. <laughs> Uh, and uh, thank you for listening and we will see you next uh, time on another War Swing alright bye guys bye bye send all the money you ask for but don't ask me to come on along